This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Whitney Pittman, Tyler Donaldson. We'll have a report from Randy Conan as well on his way back from Potato Expo. USDA dumped a mountain of data on the marketplace today. U.S. corn production is estimated at 15.3 billion bushels. That's up 108 million bushels from the last report. The average corn yield, 177.3 bushels per acre, well above the average trade guess of just under 175 bushels per acre. USDA put soybean production at a total of 4.2 billion bushels. That was on the high end of trade expectations. Yield estimated at 50.6 bushels per acre, above the average trade estimate of 49.9 bushels. The season average corn price lowered a nickel to 480 per bushel. The Agriculture Department put the season average soybean price at 1275 per bushel, down 15 cents from last month. Van On and Company marketing specialist Steve Witt says the overall outlook from today's USDA reports is not good. World stocks only went up 10 million metric tons. All of that was in due to China. They were Their production alone was up 11 million metric tons. Right now, the corn market's taking it on a chin, down 14 cents. You look over to these soybeans, similar story. 50.6 for a final yield, up from the 49.9. We also had those stocks increase uh, a fair amount in the world as well, up to 114.6 from the 114.21. So if you just look even in the U.S., the average estimate, uh, we had 2.999 of grain stocks and 268 was the expectation. Beans in turn are down 30 cents. So this market is is really struggling with digesting some of these numbers and looking just where we go from here. Weak exports continue to affect the corn market despite strong support from ethanol. Our exports have been pretty weak. I think that's been long the argument for the corn market is that our exports have just been pretty poor. The only shining part of this corn market has really been ethanol. And it's good that crude has come back a little bit to support that ethanol market. Otherwise, outside of that, there really hasn't been any good export demands. Feed use, we know, is probably going to struggle because the beef herd is down. Hog margins are terrible, so there's a lot of liquidation going on there. It's hard to get an increased feed use. And we're just not seeing the demand because China's already bought a lot of wheat. They bought a lot of corn from other sources, South America included. They have bought from us. We haven't seen cancellation. But there's just not a lot of motivation for the market to rear up and get going from here, especially with those kind of bearish numbers. Witt says that despite strong wheat numbers, the market is backing off. Wheat was really the only bright spot. Overall, we were expecting overall acres to be up in that 35.786 range, and we got 34.4. It was hard red winter, soft red winter, and white winter wheat were all down on acres. That's the only shining spot. Um, Unfortunately, the market is not reacting in kind. You've got Chicago down 15 cents. You've got Kansas City down 5 and spring wheat down 3. Really, overall, the the tone is pretty negative after this crop report. Markets across the board. Bauer Trading President Jim Bauer says traders are looking forward to moving on from these numbers. Yes, I think the trade will be re- relieved to get past this particular report. This January report is notorious for throwing out kind of unexpected news. Now, I guess the key feature that we're looking at here, at least temporarily, is the yield on uh, the corn crop came in higher than expected at 177.3. The average estimate was 174.9, so that's negative to neutral number right off the bat. And then, of course, we've got the soybean, which has been kind of the focal point of most traders here recently. The soybean yield came in at 50.6. 
That's above the trade estimate of 49.9. Ending stocks were also mostly bearish. Looking ahead a little bit at the ending stocks of uh, grains, corn, 2.162 billion. The trade was looking for 2.111. So not a terrible number, but certainly not nothing major as far as being bullish. Soybeans came in probably as a, a surprise with 280 million uh, ending stocks. Uh, the trade was expecting 245. So the bean market obviously is by market reaction is probably the negative uh, of the three major uh, grains we talk about. Minnesota had an average corn yield of 185 bushels per acre this past year. That's down 10 bushels per acre from 2022. North Dakota corn yields came in at 143 bushels per acre, up 13 bushels. In South Dakota, corn averaged 152 bushels per acre, a 20 bushel improvement from 2022. Dry weather took the top off the Minnesota soybean crop. The statewide average yield was 48 bushels per acre, down 2 bushels from the previous year. North Dakota soybean yields are a half bushel improvement over 2022 at 35 and a half bushels per acre. In South Dakota, soybeans averaged 44 bushels per acre, up from 38 bushels per acre one year ago. Minnesota spring wheat farmers had an average yield of 62 bushels per acre. That's up one bushel from a year ago. North Dakota had a statewide spring wheat yield of 48.5 bushels per acre. That's down from 50 bushels per acre in 2022. South Dakota's spring wheat averaged 43 bushels per acre, down five bushels per acre from a year ago. Winter wheat seedings are forecast at 34.5 million acres. That's down 6% from last year, but up 3% from 2022. The planted area was down 7% in Kansas and 8% in Texas. It was a good year for sunflowers. Minnesota had an average yield of over 2,300 pounds per acre. North Dakota was just shy of 2,000 pounds. South Dakota, 1,700 pounds. Non-oil sunflowers had the biggest increase in yields year over year. The National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration Climate Prediction Center has given a 73% chance that the world will switch to a neutral position this spring. That's after El Nino conditions this winter. A neutral reading could result in an ideal planting season this spring. Titan Machinery has acquired the assets of Scott Supply Company. That's the Case IH and New Holland dealership in Mitchell, South Dakota. In the past year, this dealership had revenues of $40 million. Titan Machinery is based in West Fargo, North Dakota. Potato Expo wrapped up in Austin, Texas yesterday. Randy Conan talks about the Potato Foundation auction with National Potato Council's Mike Wenkel. Uh, you had the uh, foundation auction, and how'd things go with that? So we did have the live auction Wednesday night. Um, absolutely amazing participation from the industry. Um, as of this morning, between the live and silent auction, we were at just shy of $105,000 raised uh, by the industry to support leadership development programs here for the industry. So super excited and really appreciate all of the support of of the growers and, and, and donors of businesses and exhibitors here at Expo that supported are supporting our efforts. And uh, you've got some exciting news for, anybody, for the Potato Leaf Foundation. Yeah, so uh, this week we were able to announce to the industry the, the, uh, a new leadership program for the industry. Uh, leadership in the field is what we're calling it. And for 2024, that will be two days at Gettysburg on the battlefield, learning about uh, lessons in leadership from 
the battle that was there uh, and hopefully giving people tips, tools, and, and ways to take that home and apply it, um, not only in their business, but also in the organizations they're involved in and, and ultimately being able to, to make a difference for the, the U.S. potato industry. Sure. Leadership training program. Leadership training program, it will be July 15th through the 18th in Gettysburg. And uh, if people are, are interested and wanting to learn more, they can, they can visit our website, pleaf.org. And uh, information on it is on the home page. All right, Mike. Uh, Mike Winkle with the uh, uh, Potato Leaf uh, Foundation. Our reports from Potato Expo brought to you by Syngenta, National Potato Council, AMVAC, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Gowan, and Bayer. For the Red River Farm Network, from Austin, Texas, I'm Randy Conan. National Association of Wheat Growers Vice President of Policy and Communications, Jake Westland, says there is a lot to do, much more work has to happen before the farm bill. We have a couple fiscal deadlines that are, are some hurdles before we are going to be able to really give Congress the opportunity to roll up its sleeves and get to work on the farm bill uh, in, in earnest. There's two appropriations deadlines, uh, one for, for agriculture, uh, USDA, and some of the other uh, agencies uh, in mid-January, and then there's one right away in February as well. So right now, Congress, last weekend, there was a, a bipartisan you know agreement for top-line numbers. They still need to work through a lot of details and address some policy riders that certain members want to have included as part of that full FY 2024 appropriations package. Westland expects a continuing resolution on the appropriations to keep the government funded. South Dakota Department of Agriculture and Natural Resources is putting more emphasis on international trade. Hun Secretary Hunter Roberts highlighted that work in an appearance before the House Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee. In September, Lieutenant Governor Roden and myself went with South Dakota Trade and five of our companies and then a member from our South Dakota Soybean Research and Promotion Council to Mexico on our first trade mission the state's hosted in nearly nine years. So it's kind of a, a new thing for us. Mexico's GMO ban on white corn is a worry. We don't grow white corn in South Dakota generally. We don't export that to Mexico, but it has the fear that when you follow when you do not follow science to create trade barriers, it could create a residual effect where it ends up um, rolling into a much bigger issue where it could roll into yellow corn, could grow into um, DDGs, dry distiller's grain, something we export a lot of to Mexico. Gowan Company is family owned and has had great success marketing off patent chemistries. Idaho sales rep Scott Curbs says Gowan is now moving beyond the off-patent chemistries. So these are discovery chemistries. Um, we're not really a discovery company on AIs. We'd rather purchase them from somebody that can that is a uh, discovery company, like the big boys, um, and then we'll take those and go. So the first time ever um, we've taken some products that are um, numbered compounds, just discovered and we're doing all the development and bring them into the market, which is the first time we haven't done that ever. USDA has reopened the application process for the continuous conservation reserve program. Farmers can also re-enroll in CRP acres that expire this year. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. We're checking in with Emily Beal with Ag Week. Emily, get a, give us an update. What's uh, going to be on the cover in this uh, upcoming issue? We have a, certainly have a very special and unique story this week for our Ag Week cover story. 
I met with Hillary Geetson, who graduated from um, Glen Ulan High School in North Dakota, where he couldn't find a sheep shearer to shear his sheep um, when he was a sophomore. So he picked up a, a pair of sheep shears, and he got to it, and he has now been shearing sheep for 47 years. His shears have led him all over the world. He's visited 20 um, three countries, and he has sheared sheep in 13 of those countries. He has also sheared sheep in 27 states, including Alaska. So they have really taken him everywhere, and he uh, he's primarily self-taught. He did receive advanced training from New Zealand, and he bounced between New Zealand and Australia in the beginning of his career to really hone in his craft. Uh, now he makes a big loop twice a year throughout the upper Midwest, but he told me his favorite part and place to be is where he's stationed in Minot because he gets to be home five to six weeks out of the year, and he just loves being home. He's also headquartered in Fargo um, when he's in the upper Midwest. When I visited him, he was at Bear Creek Ranch. Uh, the Perlybergs actually own Bear Creek Ranch, and Teresa Perlyberg uh, started Bear Creek Felting, which is a business where she sells her sheep's wool online directly. Uh, she says they are the only vertical mill in the United States where they do everything from lambing uh, to collecting the wool, dyeing the wool, and then shipping their kits out. So all in all, it was a really great experience to talk to both Teresa and Hillary. Thanks, Emily. Emily Beal from Ag Week. As we check markets, we are three quarters of a cent lower for Minneapolis wheat. That March contract now at six ninety nine and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March down eight and a quarter. KC wheat down two and three quarters. March corn down twelve and a quarter, four forty five and a half. March soybeans twelve nineteen. That's down seventeen and a half cents. Canola futures March six twenty one fifty Canadian. That's down one twenty. Cattle futures, live cattle are lower, down 12 cents for February, 171.77. Feeder cattle higher, 80 cents higher for January, 227.07. And the hogs, February down 35 cents at 72.25. The Dow down more than 100 points. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. This is the Red River Farm Network.